Good morning, and welcome to worship. We have a decent amount of people here, so make sure that everybody is uh, spread out. I know you've got to come sit in scary close-up pews, but the good thing is you can actually see the TVs really well by doing that. Uh, looking around, it's so wonderful to see all of your faces. For those who are joining with us online, we have a, a full spread out kind of sanctuary, meaning that people are social distanced. And if people continue to want to attend in person, we will just add a second service and that's how we will make this all work. What a wonderful problem to have though, a need to, to add a second service already so soon. So as we begin our worship service, first welcome to all of you, welcome to those online, and let us join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you. We ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power as we are here in this place or gathered at home. We ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon all of us as we turn our hearts and our minds towards you this morning. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.
go over a couple details. Uh, if you are wearing your mask, it is okay if you sing quietly. We don't want to be projecting into the air. If you kind of sing to yourself, as a lot of us have been doing, that is, that is I think, okay. We read a lot of the studies. It says if you're singing like at the same kind of level of volume as you would be talking, you are completely okay. If you become an opera singer here, then we're going to be in trouble. So uh, we have the music all recorded. Our wonderful musicians have done such an excellent job coming in of all different kinds in order to record music for us. So a huge thank you to all of our musicians who have done that. And now, as we begin our worship, let us light our peace candle. Good and gracious God, we light this candle and we pray for peace. We pray for peace on this Sunday after we remember September 11th. We pray for peace in this world. We pray for peace when there is no longer hatred. We pray for peace when there is no longer war. We pray, Lord, for a day of peace. Pour your Holy Spirit upon all of us and allow us to be instruments of your peace on this day. And every day, through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. And now it's time for our children's moment. So our kids get to watch the children's moment separately in the other room, the children's moment, a moment that has been pre-recorded. And we have it here for you, for any kids who are here in worship, any kids who are at home. And I found out that a lot of adults seem to like the children's moment, so we're playing it in here as well. Good morning and welcome to our children's moment. Now this morning we are going to learn a really important prayer. And yeah, it's like really important. It's super important. <laughs> it is really important. And this prayer, this important prayer, has a special name. This prayer is called It's called that for a God is the Lord. And Jesus is the Lord. And Jesus we call Lord. And Jesus is the one who taught us the Lord's Prayer. So you're going to have this green bag that you take home with you today. And in that green bag, there's this big, big words on it. And this has all of the words of the Lord's Prayer in it. So we're going to teach you the Lord's Prayer this morning. Because there's a chance that you haven't learned the Lord's Prayer yet. The good part about that is the crayons. Oh, yes, you have cool crayons. And just Jesus loves me. Do you see that? All right. So we're going to set all this aside right now, and we are going to learn the Lord's Prayer together because maybe oh, you've I learned it. You want to color too? Maybe you've learned the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you have not learned the Lord's Prayer yet. But that's why these two are going to help me teach you. Taylor knows the Lord's Prayer. Walter's been learning the Lord's Prayer, so he knows most of it. But it's a really important prayer you're going to want to know. So it starts off by saying, Our Father. Yeah, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed yeah. be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you, Taylor, for that. That's called the Lord's Prayer. It's got some really important words in it. So let's walk through the Lord's Prayer. It starts with, Our Father who art in heaven. What does that mean? It means our Father who art in heaven. Who is in heaven. Yeah, it means God who is in heaven. We're starting our prayer by talking to God, saying, God, you know, holy God, who's, who's like a father to us in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, hallowed is an old English word, like an old English, not the kind of English we use right now. Uh, it's an old English word that means holy. So really, holy is your name. Holy is the name of God. And so it starts, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your yeah, name. So we have trouble saying hallowed. Yeah, Halloween can be a tricky word. If you have a hard time with that, that's okay. And then it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That is another old word that we have that means your. So we're talking to God in the prayer saying, your kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, uh, come. What God wants to happen, be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want God's will to be done. That's what God wants to be done in heaven and on earth. Then it continues with, give us this day our daily bread. What's that mean? It means, well, I forgot the bread means his body and then the wine means his blood. Well, so you're thinking about communion there, yeah. Because the, the with communion, the bread is the body and the blood, is, the wine is the blood. But in this, uh, give us this day. Bread, 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 bread. Well, here, give us this day our daily bread means bread that we need to eat. Every day we need food to eat. If we, do, if we don't eat food, can we stay alive? No. No, we can't. So we, we need food to eat. So God, please give us the food that we require to eat. Give us this day our daily bread. And then it goes on, forgive us our debts. So if you look at the piece of paper that we have, though, it doesn't say debts. It says a different word right down there. And forgive us our, who can read that long word? Trespasses. Trespasses. When I grew up, I learned trespasses. You guys now are learning the word debts. Some kids are going to learn the word sin. So forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. All of them mean the same thing. Uh, that we want God to forgive us for any mistakes that we've made. And we also need to forgive other people when they make mistakes against us. So forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. Have you ever been tempted to do something? Like maybe tempted to take something that wasn't yours? Maybe take some yummy treats out of the pantry before dinner time? Have you ever been tempted to do something like that? Well, I have, and also I I use that as a joke, like, I'm tempted to grab the toy out of your hand. Yeah. (laughs) So sometimes we get tempted to do things, and so we're saying... Tempted means that, like, we really want to do something that we know we shouldn't. Imagine there was a cake on the table that we were saving for dinner, and then you were, like, standing looking at that, and then you were, like, you would say, I'm tempted to eat that cake. Yeah. Yeah, and and sometimes when there was just a cake on the table, and you just want to eat so much, 
and you have to like hungry for cake and you just want that cake. Mm-hmm. It's called being tempted. Exactly. So it says, lead us not, uh, lead us away from temptation. So if we're tempted by something like a yummy cake sitting on a table for after dinner. Or cupcakes. Or cupcakes. Or lead us not into or temptation. Like I'm tempted to color that boy. No. Yeah, so help us to not do it right away, we're saying. And deliver us from evil, it says next. So, so keep us away from things that are evil and scary. Protect us from things yes. that are evil and scary. And then the end of the prayer says, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Thine is another old English word, meaning meaning yours. So yours, God, is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. All things belong to God. And we're just honoring God and praising God at the end of our prayer. That is the Lord's Prayer. You can learn it. You have your coloring sheet, the gigantic coloring sheet to work on in case you need help memorizing the prayer. So that's our Lord's Prayer for us today. It's a good thing to learn. Bye! Bye! Good morning. Did that wake you up? I woke myself up. Um, I have some morning announcements. Just so you know, if you have morning announcements, you can leave them up here. Or you can email the pastor. Because uh, we don't really want a lot of traffic coming up here, so that's why we're not going to do it the old way. So the crop walk is only two weeks away, and the need this year, both at home and around the world, with the COVID-19 virus, I don't know if you haven't heard about that, that's a thing that's kind of going around. Uh, it's affecting so many, both medically and economically, anything we can do to help others. And 25% of the total Kenton money raised comes back to the Kenmore, Tonawanda area. That'll make an enormous difference. You can sponsor an individual walker or just support the Zion uh, United Church of Christ team. Donations to the Zion team can be made by a check and should be made out to CWS slash crop with Zion UCC in the memo line. Online donations can be made using the protocol that Pastor Elizabeth has included in the weekly announcements or talk to her or to Pastor Pierre or to Glenn Gordon after church. Or contact, the, or contact the church office or Pastor Pierre at 998-0905. And you're not going to remember this, but here's his email address. It's written right here. Rev, R-E-V, P-A-A-C, at Verizon.net. Thank you for your support. Uh, now I'd like you to jer- join me in the prayer of intercession. You can see that when I say, Lord, in your mercy, you just respond. Hear our prayer. God, just as you rescued the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt, setting them free to worship and serve you, so you have also rescued us, setting us free from slavery to sin and selfishness, and inviting us into a relationship with you and one another. We praise you for the love and mercy you have shown toward us. Lord, in your mercy. You call us to love and serve you by loving and serving our brothers and sisters near and far, to put their needs and interests ahead of our own, and so to fulfill your law of love, and so we offer our prayers for the world you created. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for those who do not have what they need in order to survive, those without enough food and water, medical care, 
shelter, or security. Open our hearts to see the needs of our world and to respond with your love. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for those who are living with serious illness or injury, who face each day with uncertainty or pain, who find themselves wondering what the future holds. Open our hearts to see the needs of those around us and to respond with your love. Lord, in your mercy. Well, it's not Labor Day weekend, but it says on this Labor Day weekend, so on this Labor Day weekend after that, uh, we remember those who have no work, who are struggling to provide for those families, and who despair of ever finding employment again. Open our hearts to see the needs of the unemployed and to respond with your love. Lord, in your mercy. We also pray for your church, the body of Christ on earth. We pray that we would be a living example of your love in our world, treating one another with compassion and respect, setting differences, settling differences with love and integrity, bound together by our common allegiance to you. Open our hearts to see one another and to respond with your love. Lord, in your mercy. We praise you for the one of love modeled for us by Jesus Christ. Open our hearts and lives to you and your ongoing presence among us so that we would grow in faithfulness and love and bring honor to your name. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. And now, as we celebrate or bring to you a closing, our year-long celebration of our 175th anniversary, we are going to begin with a video, and then I have one small presentation, which is why I had Sue Clark come in from Sunday School. by 16 men. A lot was purchased at Cherry Street and Spring Street in Buffalo for $210 to build a wooden frame chapel. In 1855, a lot was purchased on Lemon Street and a brick church was built. Later, a steeple was added and eventually two wings of the church were added with a seating capacity of 2,000. There was a devastating fire at Zion Church on October 12, 1955. The fire started at 4.22 p.m. In 1956, the church decided to move out to Tonawanda. On July 8, its first services were held at a temporary chapel at Parker in Glenalby. On October 7, 1956, there was a groundbreaking for the new church at Parker and Koenig. And on December 8, the cornerstone was laid. In 1957, the first services were held in the new fellowship hall, which we now call Cook Hall. Later in 1957, there was a merger of the Evangelical and Reformed Church and the Congregational and Christian Churches to create the United Church of Christ. Zion Evangelical Reformed Church was now Zion United Church of Christ. 
1955, the church held a 150th anniversary celebration, and for that celebration, they buried a time capsule with a t-shirt and a mug and many other items. We dug up the time capsule this week. Sadly, the items of the time capsule did not survive very well. However, we now know what the t-shirt looked like from 25 years ago, and we plan to recreate it this year. On October 20th of 2019, we celebrated our 175th anniversary with a large worship service along with our conference minister and a wonderful dinner celebration. We are so glad that we celebrated it at the beginning of our 175th anniversary so that the celebration could happen without the delays that we would have today. And now this September, we celebrate 175 years of ministry here at this church. Think of all of the ministry that has been done at our three locations, the original small wooden chapel, the large brick building in Buffalo, and now our current sanctuary. We have done so much ministry in 175 years. I wonder what the next 175 years will look like for this congregation. Careful, careful. 
That is okay. I'm going to set this over here with you. There you guys go. You have a banner. Yeah. You're welcome. Of my 
I've listened to that song I don't know how many times since recording it the other night I find it just absolutely beautiful so now we have our reading today our reading comes from Paul's letter to the Romans the 14th chapter we will read the first 19 verses if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord will you please say amen ah oh, come on guys I've been without this for how long if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord please say amen ah, it's like music to my ears I know I'm easily amused Starting with verse 1. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another it is before their own Lord that they stand and fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day observe it in honor of the Lord, and those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain uh, in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again so that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each of us will be accountable to God. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another. But resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of another. I know and I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Do not let what you eat cause ruin of the one for whom Christ died. So do not let your good be spoken as evil. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
The one who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And we have another musical piece this morning. We have a lot of music for you this morning because, well, it's our 175th, so I put as much music in the service as I possibly could. I hope you enjoy. Thank uh-huh. 
one announcement that I should also make is if any of you have ever connected to our Wi-Fi here, I highly recommend turning off your Wi-Fi when you're here in the church on Sunday mornings because uh, we've got a lot going on now between Sunday school and here and streaming. And until it's safe for our singers to be with us again in person, this will be our new reality and we will make the best of it because that's what we do, is it not? We make the best of everything. We pour our hearts into everything that we can do and we worship in any way that we possibly can. I know some churches that haven't been worshiping in any way, you know, really, where maybe they, they don't have much going on since all this started, but I've been so proud of how our church has continued to worship online uh, via Bible study and in so many ways during this trying time. So now let us join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you. We ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your words. Bless us with your thoughts. Bless us so that our hearts and our mind can be centered on you and not on ourselves this morning as we worship you. We pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And together we say, Amen. So if any of you were not tuned into Bible study this week for our Romans 14, you're probably like, why in the world would Pastor Elizabeth choose that reading? Anybody have that thought as I'm reading it? Any honest people here wondering why in the world are we talking about dietary restrictions in Rome on Sunday morning? Anybody want to give me a little wave and say that they've had that honest thought as I was reading? Maybe a couple of you. Thank you. I see a couple of hands waving. I, I got to get as much uh, interaction with you as I can now that I missed it for so long. But so in this chapter, uh, I'll explain why I chose it. In this chapter, in chapter 14 of the book of Romans, what we have is we have this letter that Paul is writing. And there are people in Rome, in the church in Rome, which is a mixture of Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians who are not getting along. And this chapter specifically is written to tackle the arguments that they're having over dietary restrictions. That was a big hot button issue for them at that time in that place because the Jewish Christians were raised eating everything kosher. They only ate meat if it was properly prepared, if it was kosher, if it was the meat, the animal was properly killed following all the guidelines, whereas the people who were Gentile Christians were used to purchasing meat in the marketplace, no matter if it had been sacrificed to an idol or not. So when they came to live together as one Christian community, they had problems. They had disagreements. They had uh, issues with one another. They couldn't even agree on what food was acceptable to eat. Even that was a hot button issue for them. And so the Apostle Paul, he, he ends this letter by saying, okay, and one more thing you guys have been struggling with is food that you eat. He's like, food, all that it is, is it's food that goes into your body to nourish your body, and whether you eat meat that's sacrificed to an idol or you don't, none of that truly matters on the day of judgment, is what the Apostle Paul is saying. And he really echoes a lot of what Jesus says when Jesus is speaking to crowds of people, and they ask him about eating and about cleanliness, not cleanliness laws. And Jesus says that it's not what goes into a person that defiles a person, but it's what comes out of a person that defiles a person, meaning it's not food that we eat that makes us sin, but it's words that we speak that make us sin. So here we are. So we have this discussion going on in the Church of Rome 
about dietary restrictions. That was their hot button issue, and they argued over it, and they disagreed over it, and things got ugly. Now, we don't have too many dietary disagreements going on today. I mean, we could if we wanted to, but let's face it, we've got enough issues going on in this world. So we're not arguing over dietary stuff in this world, but we do argue over a lot of things, don't we? We argue over an awful lot of things, and, and we argue in a way that's not healthy. For the past couple of weeks, I've talked about conflict, and I've said that a lot of people don't like conflict. Give me a little wave of the hand if you're not a conflict person. You don't like conflict at all. Most of us were like, please, no conflict. Some people do, but here's the thing. Some people, whether they like conflict or not, engage in conflict, but most people who engage in conflict engage in conflict in unhealthy ways. Case in point, Facebook. <laughs> Who here has a Facebook page? Pretty much everybody now. I mean, people who are watching right now are watching on Facebook. Case in point, Facebook. Let's think about all the things that we can argue about over Facebook. Number one, guess what school district my kids go to? <laughs> Williamsville School District. Oh my goodness. I'm not even going to say anything about that other than things get ugly online on Facebook. If you want to see toxicity, go check out that Williamsville Parents and Community Facebook page. It's pretty toxic. Let's think about another thing, something that applies to all people, whether they have kids or not, something I don't usually talk about in church. Let's think about politics. <laughs> oh, who here wants to engage in a political discussion with somebody on Facebook? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, I want you to be honest with me right now. I'm going to be honest too. Who here has ever engaged with somebody on Facebook over a political discussion? Okay, with your hands up still, who here has enjoyed engaging with people on Facebook over politics? I, some of you guys aren't raising your hands, and I think some of you probably should. But here's the thing. Three times this week, I had, I had things with church people who were really struggling over, over discussions of politics, whether it's on Facebook or not. When people come together to discuss politics today, it gets ugly. Can we all agree on that? I don't care where you stand politically. When we come together to discuss politics today, things get ugly. It gets ugly, and so often the most common thing that I'm seeing today is negative words and insults directed at individuals based on political things. You guys in agreement with me here? There's so much ugliness. In the time of Rome, their ugly discussions were things like dietary restrictions and, and circumcision. That's not what we're talking about today. Today, we have our own ugly discussions that we struggle with, and a lot of them have to do with politics. But I want us to think about what we've talked about for the past couple weeks. Most of us don't know how to engage in conflict in a healthy way, whether we don't want to or we don't know how to engage in conflict in a healthy way, which is sad. Did anybody else grow up in a household where you talked about politics all the time? Okay, I majored in political science, so I guess it's just kind of normal. But I grew up in a household where we did not all agree on stuff politically. We had people registered to different parties in our own household, and we would have these huge dinners where then guests and family would come over in seminary. My friend Rod loved coming over for dinners at our house. 
because it was guaranteed we were going to have a political discussion. And we would sit there at the dining room table for hours, and we would talk about things, all those hot-button topics. We would talk about all the political stuff. We would talk about all that difficult stuff. We would get into all those discussions, and it would get heated, but it would be fun. And there would be no name-calling. And maybe we'd tease each other a little bit, because come on, you know, it's family and friends. But there would be no name-calling. It would not be ugly. Instead, it would be fun, and it would be engaging. Even my little brothers, when they were teenagers, I remember them participating. And it was so much fun. But today, we can't have discussions like that. Today, things get ugly. Three times this week, I will tell you, I witnessed online one of our older members post something, and three things on Facebook that came back were swear words directed to her. Do you know how much that hurts? when we can't even engage in things. So that's why I like chapter 14 here from Romans, and I think it's something that we as Christians need to think about. We don't always agree on everything. We're going to have disagreements. We are not going to see eye to eye on every single issue, but the reality is that we can have disagreement, and we can have conversations, and there can be conflict among us without things getting ugly. Give me an amen if you agree with that. We can have disagreements without things getting ugly. That's what the church in Rome needed to realize, and that is what we need to realize as well today. It's not just about politics. Let's think about parenting. Kim, I'm going to point you out back there. Kim made an excellent post at Bible study this week. As as they're engaging with me, I'm talking to a camera, and everybody's on Bible study is is typing back. And when we were talking about things, when things get ugly, she mentioned parenting, especially if, say, you've ever had to parent a child who might be autistic, and maybe a child has an outburst in a public place, and somebody makes those nasty comments, those snarky comments. Who here likes snarky comments? Oh, not me. Snarky comments, they, they make everything worse. It's like pouring salt into a wound, is what Kim said. And she hit the nail on the head right there. Snarky comments and judgments are like pouring salt into a wound. And that's what the people did back in Rome when they had disagreements. They made those snarky comments. They said those mean things. And it's like somebody cut your arm open and then put some salt right in there to make it hurt even more. They did those things, and still today we do it. We do it over political disagreements. We do it over reopening plan disagreements. We're not even going to talk about that. We do it over, over parenting disagreements. We do so much of that. But look at what the Apostle Paul said. The Apostle Paul said some wise things. If you ever had conflict in a church at that time, you went to the Apostle Paul because he knew how to talk to churches in conflict. And the Apostle Paul said this wonderful thing, and this is the verse that I ended with. You'll notice I ended right in the, in the middle of a pericope, in the middle of a group of verses. I did that because I wanted us to focus on this verse. Look at what this says. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. Imagine, friends, if we weren't so afraid of conflict... But imagine, friends, if we were able to uh, engage with one another and engage even in situations where we don't agree with one another, and instead of saying bad words and calling people bad names, imagine if we allowed there to be peace in the relationship. 
Imagine if we decided to listen to one another instead of just shouting back as quickly as we could. Imagine if we listened to one another and if we decided that we would create room for peace and for mutual upbuilding. That is the big part. The Apostle Paul talks about this not just here in Romans, but also in Corinthians. They had a lot of problems there in Corinth. And in a lot of his other letters where the Apostle Paul says, as followers of Christ, we should not be tearing people down, but instead we should be building people up. Yet in so many interactions, what does everybody do, even people who are followers of Christ? What do they do? Tear each other down. I've got a problem with Ted, and the problem might be about something that really has very little due to, uh, very little to do with either of us. Maybe we disagree on something. But instead, if I'm having a disagreement with Ted, I'm going to go to Ted and I'm going to tear him down to the point where I make him feel terribly. Have you witnessed things like that happen today? Because I have. I've witnessed it even with people who say that they are following Christ. We tear people down. What does the Apostle Paul say to do? Build people up. So friends, we're talking about stuff that we don't always want to talk about this week as we, we finish up talking about conflict. We think about the fact that we can have disagreements and we can still build each other up. We can have disagreements and we can say, you know what, I don't agree with you on that issue, but you know what, I know your heart is good and I love you anyways. We can have disagreements where we say, well, well I don't, I'm trying to see what you see, but I'm just not there yet. Maybe can you try to hear what I'm feeling too? Can we try to support one another? There are ways that we can make change in this world by mutual up building. Let's think about parenting again for just a second. Parenting is something where, where people will be so judgmental and they'll say terrible things about other people, but there are ways for mutual building. I was thinking back, I remember when Walter was two years old and we were leaving, we got our airplane landed in Buffalo and we were getting off the airplane, walking through the airport, and he had been asleep. It was probably like 10 o'clock at night, but that's really late for a, for a two-year-old. And so he had recently potty trained, so of course he had fallen asleep. I woke him up when our plane landed, and so I took him to go use the restroom after we got off the plane. Now my two-year-old, who was very tired, thought that that was the worst idea in the world. You guys are parents, a lot of you, you've probably been there. He thought this was the worst idea in the world, and so he started to cry, and he started to scream, and I had to carry him out of the airport with a screaming, extremely unhappy little child while my husband had Taylor and probably all of our bags in his arm. And I know in those situations, I've been in situations with unhappy kids before, that people will often say snarky comments. People will often look at you and be like, oh my goodness, just quiet your child. There's things like that. There's people who will tear you down even when things aren't going well. But I want to tell you somebody about, about somebody who built me up. There was this dad who was walking, a dad who was a little bit older, and he was walking, and he looked at me, and he looked at my husband, and he looked at a, a crying two-year-old Walter, and he looked at all this stuff in our arms, and he just smiled, and he said, oh, we've all been there before. Mutual up building. So friends, in this time when there is so much conflict, in this time where there is so much disagreement, in this time where there is so much toxicity and negativity, just as much as there was in Rome, maybe even more, or at least maybe we think there's even more. Why don't we strive 
to be followers of Christ. We can engage in situations of conflict, but let's do it without tearing people down. We can get into discussions, and, and we can disagree with people, but let's do it without tearing people down. Let's engage in, in things that are tough and difficult, but let's do it in a way that makes for peace and mutual upbuilding, because right now, and, and always, to tell you the truth, this world needs followers of Christ to lead by example. And do you know what followers of Christ get to lead by example? All of us. All of us. So do me a favor and point at yourself. Who's going to lead by example? If you're at home, I want you pointing to yourself right now, too. We get to lead by example. We, friends, get to lead by example. All of us, even in times of conflict, even when things get ugly, even when we can't see eye to eye, we can make waves of peace. We can use mutual upbuilding. And maybe the rest of the world will see our example. And maybe the rest of the world will see us as followers of Christ and will follow our lead. And let's join in a moment of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you and we praise you on this day. You, Lord, teach us so much wisdom. You teach us that conflict is okay but we need to choose to engage in conflict in the right way. Lord, in this time where everything seems conflicting, in this time where people are, are angry, and people are, are saying unkind words to one another, help us to follow your example. Help us to follow the Apostle Paul's wisdom. Help us and guide us so that every day and everything that we do, we can be your followers. And we pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
now is the time where we would um, normally continue our worship through the giving of our morning tithes and offering. Except now we would ask that you just uh, leave your offering in the back. There's a spot for it. Or you can just give online as is always possible. So thank you. And let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen.
Now go forth with the blessing of God. Go forth with the love of Christ. Go forth building each other up, my beautiful friends. Let's build each other up and make ways for peace. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all.